Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're going to go live now to the news conference with Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters-Baker. I have today are against two separate individuals. Both of these are adults. And um, the first one is Defendant, Defendant Lindell Mays. Uh, Mr. Mays is an adult uh, that my office has had no previous uh, connection or communication with. And we charged him on Saturday morning. We asked for the charges in his case associated with this event to be sealed as that investigation was so active and ongoing. So I was not at liberty to talk with you about um, those particular charges until this moment. Um, And just moments ago, um, the court unsealed these charges so they are in fact now public. Now today regarding uh, Mr. Mays, He is in custody and he faces the following charges. Murder in the second degree, felony murder, the underlying felony of unlawful use of a weapon. And this is, of course, an A felony, the highest charge that Missouri uh, has available, and it brings up to a life sentence. There are um, another count of unlawful use of a weapon for shooting at a person. That is the class B felony and um, the sentence range is up to 15 years on that particular count under Missouri law. And then there are two associated armed criminal action charges. Uh, Mr. Mays is being held on a $1 million bond. Now I'm gonna go to the second individual uh, that we have charged. That individual is Dominic Miller. He was also charged last night uh, for his participation in the events Uh, that occurred last week. He is an adult and he is in custody. And again, um, this individual, my office, has had no prior contact with this individual either. His charges um, are the same. That is murder in the second degree, felony murder. Again, the underlying felony for that felony murder is the unlawful use of a weapon. And that is an A felony carrying to a range up to a life sentence in the state of Missouri a charge of unlawful use of a weapon for shooting at a person, the class B felony, sentence range up to 15 years under Missouri law, and then again, two counts of armed criminal action. Uh, these are the unclassed, an unclassed felony um, in the state of Missouri. And though that individual is also being held on a million dollars bond. Now I would like to try and give you a brief uh, summary of I think what occurred that day that led to these criminal charges. From the evidence, it appears that defendant Mays 
That's the first person I, I read off charges on. Defendant Mays was in a verbal argument with another individual. And the evidence um, does not reflect in these early moments that there was any prior history between these individuals, Mays and the individual he was in some kind of verbal dispute with. There was no connection uh, to each other, those two individuals. Now, that argument very quickly escalated to Mays drawing his firearm, a handgun. Mays fired, or Mays pulled his handgun first. Almost immediately, almost immediately, others pulled their firearms. Defendant Miller uh, was one of those individuals. While both adults um, are charged with murder, the evidence tells us that it was Mr. Miller's firearm. Mr. Miller's firearm struck Lisa Lopez Galvin. So that's just two individuals. Um, and I think as we all stand here, this investigation is still very, very active and ongoing. And we're going to probably quickly leave this room and go right back uh, to that so that um, everybody understands what's next. But I do want you to understand we seek to hold every shooter accountable for their actions on that day, every single one. So while we're not there yet on every single individual, we're going to get there. Um, and you're going to have questions. You're, I'm sure, going to ask me many questions about this case, um, about other people's um, responsibility level, and we are not going to be able to answer those questions for you today. Um, but the most important thing I want you to hear is that we are not done yet. We are not done yet. Uh, now, normally when I stand at podiums like this, we're really just getting started, <laughs> you know, because a case carries on usually for a couple of years before I can get to a disposition. But vitally important to us, uh, there's another uh, kind of call out, I think, to community on this particular case. I'm asking for individuals um, to help us who were at the rally and they may have additional information to provide. Specifically, we're looking for individuals who suffered wounds from their trying to escape. Uh, you know, a, a stampede uh, occurred as people tried to flee. Once those gun, once gunfire started, um, there's a lot of video that's already out there showing people literally fleeing in those moments. We are aware of all of those individuals who had gunshot wounds. We are interested in anyone in the fleeing of this event um, that maybe fell down, you were trampled, um, you sprained an ankle, you broke a bone. All of those, um, those are the individuals uh, that we'd like to hear from. And um, do we have a phone number yet that we could give them for them to contact? And I'm sorry about that, we were still trying to um, pull this part together as quickly as we could. The main number to homicide, 2345043. All right, 816-234-5043. So any individual, um, whether or not you report it to a hospital or not, we would like to know, you know if you suffered additional wounds uh, from this incident. These two are victims in the case, so that's why we would like to hear from you. And, um, and we'll go from there, all right? Um, 
Okay, there are other issues uh, today that um, I'm not going to go into and not going to address at this podium. That is whether or not there are additional law changes that are needed. Uh, there'll be a day for that discussion. It sure is not uh, today and not at this podium for right now. Um, okay, I have spoken with um, the Lopez family and they could not uh, be here today and certainly uh, chose not to be here today because um, it is the view of their family that they want to focus on the memorial uh, for Lisa. And I think we uh, certainly understand that. And we want to support them in all ways that we know how to do that. But uh, they did send a statement. I will send this uh, statement out. It's a little bit um, long. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you now, but we'll send it after today's press conference um, so that you have uh, their statement. Um, on behalf of the Lopez-Galvin family, we are grateful to the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office led by uh, Jean Peters-Baker and her amazing team of highly experienced and dedicated prosecutors. We also want to thank the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department and all other law enforcement departments involved in this investigation. The effort and dedication, or dedicated hours spent to expeditiously investigate this senseless act of violence is extremely commendable. It is reassuring for our family and the entire community to know that this joint team effort has resulted in the identification of the suspects involved. Though it does not bring back our beloved Lisa, it is comforting to know that the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office and the KCPD made it a top priority to seek justice for Lisa the other shooting victims, and those who had to witness this tragedy unfold in the Kansas City community. Uh, like I said, uh, we will make that um, available to you in just a bit so you will have more information. Um, okay. If I could, just, uh, just a quick moment here to give uh, some thanks uh, to some individuals. Um, you know, they're, they're not here. <laughs> That's um, the investigative team uh, that I've been able to work with um, that uh, all work at the direction of, of Chief Graves. I am so very, very grateful um, to work with you and to work uh, the way that we have been able to on this particular case. Uh, you've worked as professionals. Um, you've opened your door uh, to me and my team uh, from the very earliest moments. And um, it takes that level um, of participation and cooperation to get here. Um, here is the first marker. I'm grateful to be here, um, but I'm gonna be even more grateful uh, to find a courtroom in this building where I get to be. And um, in order to be successful there, I need the evidence to be strong. So, um, Thank you to each one of them. I won't name them because I didn't ask their permission to, to name their names. And sometimes they really don't appreciate that. Um, but do know uh, that we have had a really strong working relationship with them uh, to get to this point. And I personally, personally uh, convey my thanks. Um, beyond that investigative team, I want to say to the victim advocates in my office, man, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, who took my call outside of the yellow tape and um, from that moment on said, yes, I will do whatever is necessary. Uh, we did try our best to, 
you know, plan and prepare for uh, a mass shooting event. And I knew that my office had the largest collect collection of victim advocates um, probably in the region. And so I felt obligated uh, that we needed to be ready. You're never really quite ready, though, um, when it strikes. But these victim advocates have been really amazing, and you've done a great job in helping support a very injured and harmed Kansas City community. Um, so to each one of them, thank you. Um, they don't need it because they'll just tell me that they show up because they're paid, they're not volunteers. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to thank them anyway. Um, all right, with that, I would like to offer um, my two very important guests here uh, to speak. And you know, I am an officer of the court all the time, even after five. Um, it is not after five yet, though. So my partners here, um, my chief and my mayor, um, they are bound to my rules as well as, you know, as those court rules as an officer of the court. So they too will not be allowed to answer some of your questions, um, but we, we wanna uh, do the best that we can uh, to try and be transparent and open with you without uh, harming a very active investigation. Um, so I probably should have asked, but I didn't, which one would like to go first, but Chief, how about we, we offer you? I am grateful. That the, that the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office has charged them with various felonies as consequences of their reckless actions. The Prosecutor's Office has my full confidence in the handling and prosecution of this case. And Jean, thank you. I know that you have been present in headquarters, um, you and your team, since Wednesday. Um, thank you for that. It, it is a team effort. Uh, our investigation continues at full velocity. Teams of detectives are working non-stop to ensure that anyone else responsible for the shooting is apprehended and that they receive the maximum punishment allowed by law. Thank you, Chief. I'll say very briefly that lawlessness and criminality will never be tolerated in Kansas City. From the beginning of the incident on Wednesday, Chief Graves, her officers, our command staff, and others were working nonstop to make sure that we could find the assailants, to make sure that there would be persons brought to justice as swiftly as possible. Jackson County Prosecutor Jean Peters Baker, her assistant prosecutors, and her entire staff worked closely and collaboratively with the Kansas City Police Department, our federal partners, and all who had information about the incidents that lead us to this position now. We recognize that for the people of Kansas City to feel safe, for us to deter criminal activity and to ensure valid and appropriate punishment, consequences must be swift, certain, and severe. What you have seen over the last week is folks working from the prosecutor's office, from the police department, and beyond to make sure that we would have that swiftness of an investigation and a thorough investigation, that you would have certainty, that they went through incredible amounts of review to make sure we got to the right charges, and to make sure that today we would see the appropriate charges that could be aligned with appropriate punishments thereafter. I thank the two women that are standing to my right for the hard work they've done in leading organizations that, while they can't in some way unwind the incidents that happened before, can let the people of Kansas City, Jackson County, the state of Missouri, and our country know that we will make sure that appropriate punishments are meted out, that justice will be served, and that the people of Kansas City can have confidence both in their police department, their prosecutor's office, and all those who swear an oath to keep us safe. 
My condolences continue to go out to the Lopez Galvin family and to all of those impacted. As the prosecutor notes, if you have additional information about concerns or injuries of your own, please call the appropriate phone number and know, as the prosecutor noted, that this is not the end of anything. Investigations continue, healing will continue, our outreach continues to all, and as we look for justice, we also look for comfort for all of those who were impacted physically or emotionally last Wednesday. Thank you all for being here, and thank you both for your work. Prosecutor Rager, can you kind of clarify for us, are these the juveniles, or are those juveniles still in custody, and these are adults? Um, these are adults. Um, there are two juveniles that has been reported already pretty broadly um, by the news media. Those are being handled by a different office um, at this point in time. How many shooters do you believe there are? I'm not sure we're willing to share that news with you today, um, but we do think that we have additional individuals that we want to address. Are you expecting more arrests? Yes. Are you able to clarify what that argument was that began all of this? No, uh, we cannot. You can, you know, you can obviously see that there is, uh, you know, some kind of verbal argument occurring, and it just, it just uh, turns deadly. Can you tell us about Major Miller still in the hospital? Or either of them in the hospital, I mean? Yes, both. They both are. Can you tell us about the number of weapons recovered and what they were? Um, I don't think that we're I don't think that we're willing to go there today given the stage that we were at. Um, I think we'll be able to provide that information pretty soon, but not yet. Were these two in the same group? No. Okay. No. To clarify, they didn't know each other at all. That is our evidence that they did not know each other prior to the events that led right up to the shooting. Are the juveniles in different groups as well? Um, so, you know, I don't like necessarily the word groups necessarily, but we are we are clustering people together. Um, and so, yes, there are there are some individuals that are connected with the juveniles in our overall um, in this overall crime scene. So, um, again, I'm not trying to be vague. Uh, I know you want answers, but um, that's, that's as much as information as we can give in these moments. Anything else I can answer um, outside of the individuals charged today? You think they're in the hospital, Jean? Correct. Okay, but they're being held on a million dollars bond. That's correct. Okay, so presumably they're in a hospital where there's a large security guarding them? Yes, there, there are officers guarding them. If Miller's believed his firearm shot and killed Ms. Galvin, why are the charges the same for the two adults? Um, because felony murder is a charge that is available and it, it, it is the same punishment level as conventional murder. What are Miller and Hayes' ages? They were going to say that. You know, I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, so I cannot, I cannot give that to you in this moment. All right, anything else we might be able to answer before? When were um, these two arrested? Um, I think both of them, because they have been hospitalized uh, for injuries, um, that they have been in custody since, you know, or not technically in custody, but they've been at a hospital receiving treatment um, since the beginning have of this event. since? No. So these individuals are still in the hospital, correct? That's right. Now, these were, were these were these persons. Obviously, they were shot. One was. Can you describe the injuries that they had? Not no, 
I can't, uh, honestly, not. I, I just not able to provide that information at this time because that that's just not in my full orbit of information in in this second. You said your office had no contact with either the two of them. Have police had contact with them prior to this? Um, I, not that I am aware of. Um, I believe um, one of them may have had some other incident at a city level, uh, not in Kansas City. Okay. Um, Chief, just one month ago, you were doing a press conference about the amount of homicides we've had. You said we have a culture of gun violence in Kansas City. Can you speak to that now that we are here? Uh, the, the statement that I made then st stays the same. And if you look at some of our homicides that we had last year, 67 of them were from our argument. I think that speaks for itself. Okay, look, we appreciate all of you. Mayor, I'm sorry, did I get you off? So just to clarify, these are adults, were they working in concert with two juveniles? What is their relationship between those who are currently in custody? Not going to provide that information at this time, Glenn, but thank you for asking. All right, thank you very much for being I've, here, everybody. We appreciate you. Let's I recap you quickly. Um, that A lot of information. Hats off to the prosecutor's office, to the police, and to the crime lab, uh, who I think we forgot to mention there, for turning this around so quickly. The charges are identical. Suspect number one, Lindell Mays, an adult who is in custody in the hospital charged with murder in the second degree, felony murder, with the felony unlawful use of a weapon being the underlying crime of felony murder. He also faces two additional counts of armed criminal action uh, up to life on the mega charge for the murder of Lisa Lopez Galvin, 15 years for ACA and the weapons charge being held on a $1 million bond. Dominic Miller is your adult suspect number two. All of those charges are the same for both defendants. And you heard her say that it was Mays. The evidence will show, according to Jean Peters Baker, in a verbal argument with no prior history between the two men and no mentionable criminal history uh, that would have brought them on the radar of the prosecutor's office for any reason. Mays, they say, drew the handgun first and, quote, almost immediately others around started pulling out their firearms. Defendant Miller was one of them. And according to the prosecutor, the evidence shows it was Miller's gun that struck and killed Lisa Lopez Galvin. That brings the total number into custody up to four, two juveniles, two adults. And if you have any trampling or other injuries from fleeing the scene, they want you to call Homicide at 816-234-5043. Asked earlier today if there would be more arrest, Gene Peters Baker simply said, Yes. We will continue. If you'd like to weigh in, 913-586-7798. 586-7798 here on Dana and Parks. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.